Hi, this is David Flower, senior pastor at Grantham Church, an intergenerational convergent third-way congregation with the Brethren in Christ U.S. and located in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast and for following the sermons that I and many others preach at Grantham. This is a free podcast and it'll always be that way, but if you'd like to give and help further the work we're doing for the kingdom, we'd greatly appreciate it. If you want to do that, you can do that by going to granthamchurch.org and clicking on the giving tab. Whether you're a member of our church or you're listening as a parishioner, it's our greatest desire that you would encounter Jesus and be changed by the good news wherever you are. Anyway, God bless you, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. If you've been worshiping at Grantham with us for a while, you know that we have had an annual Thanksgiving service over the past few years. And in this service, we sing, we pray, we give thanks, we recognize new members, and we create space for stories and testimonies from folks in our congregation. Each year we've selected a small group of folks who are willing to share how God has been at work in their life and been at work in their life through our church and give them an opportunity to publicly express their thanks to the giver of all good things. And we hope that this would encourage you. I'm excited about the stories that you're going to hear today, but before you listen to these four wonderful people testifying to God's goodness, I want to say a brief word about the power of thankfulness especially after the year that we've had. Think about this. Despite how bad things may seem right now and how challenging this year has been, experts will tell you, overall, humanity is in a much better place than we were in 100, 200 years ago, and certainly compared to 2,000 years ago when Christ walked the earth. Just check out the book I've referenced on this topic called Factfulness by Hans Rawling to see what I mean. Or you can just check out his TED Talks on YouTube. Things are actually better than we might think. I don't mean to trivialize our sufferings and the serious problems that we're facing in this country and around the world. They do concern me and they should concern you. But I do think it's part of my responsibility as your pastor to encourage us to put things into cosmic perspective every now and then. And to remember who we are in who Christ has called us to be and what he's called us to do as disciples. Because our faith says that we are overcomers. We are people of hope. We are people of the future. We are people of resurrection. As followers of Jesus and as people of resurrection, this is who we're called to be. This is what we're called to do. It means we know and believe that evil doesn't get the final word. That ultimately our trials will not destroy us, that we serve a God who raises the dead, who brings beauty from ashes. We worship the one who can take our pain and give us perseverance, as we learned in the book of James this past summer. A God who promises us a good future in this life and in the next, so that we can choose to be thankful right here and right now, knowing all of that regardless of our situation and our circumstances, no matter what may come. Don't forget what Jesus told his disciples, who faced a much uglier reality than us. He said this in John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief, who behind the scenes is the devil, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Folks, that kind of life isn't simply for the good times. 
Hear me. You see, it's easy for us to nod our heads in agreement and say amen to this verse. When you hear this verse, you read this verse, when things are going well, right? But Jesus gives us this word for the hard times. And one way that we show that we are tapping into this reality and knowing the kind of life that Jesus gives, that Jesus promises, is when we're able to say something like this. Yes, things aren't good right now. Lots to concern us. But you know what? We have much to be thankful for. I'm going to be thankful. God, thank you for your good gifts in my life. You see, it's because of God's goodness, church, his love, his grace, his mercy. That is, we don't get what we deserve. His faithfulness to us, his ability to bring good from evil, his promises to sort it all out in the end. It's because of those things that we can be a thankful people. And that's how I believe he has created us to access his peace his joy, and the ability to rejoice, to worship in all things. You may have heard me say this before, but I do think it's worth repeating. Studies in neuroscience today are confirming that there is a significant impact on our brains when we take time each day just to dwell on it and to think about those things that we're thankful for and rest in feelings of gratitude instead of constantly wallowing around in our anger, our fears, anxiety, sorrows, and regrets. The scientists say that when we do this, when we rest in feelings of gratitude, that we can actually rewire our neural pathways and learn to be more positive, to be more hopeful, and at peace. In other words, being thankful gives us access to the abundant life of Christ. Don't miss this. You know, I think that's what Paul said what he meant to say in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. He said, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Sure, Paul didn't understand the neuroscience like we do today, but he could see the effects of a life lived with gratitude and thankfulness. We need to believe that, right? We can see that if we look closely. And he believed, Paul believed, this was a spiritual thing to do. He believed that this is how we can know God's life in us despite what's happening around us. And you can see this way how Christ offers us something that the world does not know or understand. And so Paul goes on and said this in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. He said, Rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Did you notice that? Don't be anxious. Instead, Paul says, Pray, be thankful, give it to God, and then you get his peace that surpasses all understanding. In fact, this peace will go before you and protect you. 
and enable you to see things that God is doing that you could not see before. Paul goes on in verse 8. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. That is our invitation today, church. As you listen to these stories of Thanksgiving, may they turn your thoughts to all of the things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy so that you might know God's peace wherever you are. So let's listen, rejoice, and be thankful for the good things that God has done. Hi everyone, I'm Vicki Twig and I've been asked to say a few words about what I'm thankful for. First of all come the obvious things like my great family, a good place to live, a wonderful church, and the opportunity to work. But then I started thinking in more depth and I was a little surprised that what came up over and over again was the internet and my computer. Many of you know that my husband Jeff was quite a technophile and I'm grateful that he encouraged me to get comfortable using the computer, to go beyond my own comfort zone. I'm not a great one for using social media but thanks to his persistence I do know how to get there. We've all had to readjust this year in how we live, how we interact with one another. And for me, the internet has enabled a continued good face-to-face -face communication with my family here in the States and in England. Regular dinners with a friend near Washington on Zoom, the ability to continue my music lessons and other classes using several different internet platforms. Jeff always called Thanksgiving one of the most Christian celebrations of the year when we make special efforts to get together with, or at least to contact family, and remember what we're all thankful for. And now coming from England, it was a new celebration for us. And we discovered over the years that family is not limited to just those you grew up with. We were frequently welcomed into other people's homes and gatherings. I have fond memories of when we lived in Chicago, a family we knew from the university made a point of collecting all the stray students and friends who had nowhere else to go into their home, including the couple who ran the local laundry. Healthy community is an essential need for all of us, and I'm grateful for those who have checked in on me by phone, group texts with several different collections of people, even noticing whether my car is there outside my house. You're all very much appreciated and I'm so thankful to be part of this community. And I want to end by wishing you all a very happy Thanksgiving. My name is Erna Bagdasarian, and I am thankful for a changed perspective. Um, by a changed perspective, I mean that I am thankful for um, the way that Grantham Church accepted me where I was at when I first began my journey with them. Um, I walked into a church with my head down, very low, a heart full of lots of pain, and um, very scared. 
and Grantham Church didn't ask questions. They didn't care to know anything bad about me. Um, all they cared about was to put their hands on my shoulders while I was crying and shaking, um, and they prayed with me. They held on to me very tightly. They gripped me up as one big family and loved me exactly where I was at. Um, they changed my perspective a lot, not only on Christianity or on church or on other peoples, but even on myself. Um, I lost my memory almost five years ago due to my heroin addiction. After that, I was placed on a lot of medication. Um, I almost lost my daughter last Christmas being involved in a CYS case, um, taking lots of medications that my doctor was giving me so it was okay to take it. Um, Grantham Church held me through all of that. They barely knew me when all of this was happening. But they signed paperwork and were involved and picked me and my daughter up so we could stay together. Um, they were a very safe place and still are a very safe place for me and my family to grow. I trust them with my life. Um, I now volunteer there at Jill's Closet. I am very involved. My family is involved. I'm grateful for this church. I'm grateful for Grantham. Um, I've never felt so accepted and loved and never thought that it would be in a church of all places. Um, I just can't really say enough about Grantham. I love Grantham very, very much and I plan on raising my children in Grantham. I plan on getting married at Grantham. Good morning, Grantham. David Perry asked me to sh share with you the things that I'm thankful for in 2020. 2020 has been a very difficult year, but yet we've been blessed in so many ways. I can't honestly say I'm grateful for this videotape experience. I think I've got 30 takes on it already. But at the same time, I'm thankful for video capabilities so we can see each other when we can't meet in person. In a nutshell, though, I'm thankful for the essential things we, we have that we so often neglect. Let me share with you how I came to that realization, why I thank God on a daily basis for the, for the, for the essential things in life. In 2010 and 2011, I had the opportunity to go to Haiti after a devastating 2010 earthquake. I saw sights that I will never forget. I saw whole communities with the collapsed concrete roofs, no buildings spared. I saw houses and, and businesses and schools and churches. One school lost around 60 children because the, the roof collapsed on, on the school while it was in session. There were bridges wiped out and, and, and roads buckled and just the infrastructure was all wiped out. And even without the earthquake, life was hard in Haiti. People would walk one to two miles to, to get water. They would be bathing in streams or washing their clothes in streams downstream from somebody else who was doing the same activity. There was little electricity, maybe two hours a day, so they had no stoves, they had no air conditioning in a very, very hot, hot place. Without the electric stoves, they had to scavenge for firewood. The result is that Haiti is mostly without trees, and you can imagine the impact that has on the soil with the multiple hurricanes it gets. Since I was there in 2010, Haiti has been hit with multiple uh, hurricanes. It has cholera epidemics, dysentery, and now they've got COVID. 
we think we've had a divisive election. Haiti has them every single election, and I think they've had 230 governments in 250 years of independence. It's just a devastating place to live. Yet in the midst of that, I never heard one Haitian complain about their, their life. For this, this taping, I did a little bit of research. There are about 7.8 billion people alive. 930 million don't have access to enough food, a quarter of which are, are, are starving. Yet I was able to go to the grocery store twice this week where I had access to thousands of different items. About 702 million people are without clean water. I can walk 15 feet and drink out of the tap water. 3.3 billion I have access to no running water. I had two hot showers yesterday. 1.6 billion are without a house. Right now when it's in the 40s outside, I'm, I'm living in a warm, safe place. And in the summer when it's in the 90s, I'm sleeping in, in air conditioning. Cooking fuel, 2.3 billion people without cooking fuel. I don't have to scavenge for wood. I can walk again 15 feet and turn on the microwave or turn on the stove or turn on the oven or the convection oven or the toaster or the toaster oven or go outside and grill. 1.1 billion people can't read. They don't have education, access to education. In this house, we probably have 2,000 books. I've got access to roads, education, grocery stores, retail stores, the internet. And even in the midst of this very difficult election, I've got the ability to freely vote. I have the access to uncensored news. I've got the right to assemble. I've got the right to protest. And I've got the right to worship. In many countries, if you try worshiping, you become a martyr. We are so blessed, and I'm just grateful for that every day. In October, I found out that I needed to have a surgery on my jaw. Pastor Denise brought me some special things to remind me that Jesus would be with me. Who is that, Elliot? The Grantham Prayer Bear. <laughs> and what does the Grantham Prayer Bear do? He comes with people to like surgeries and hugs them. So did he come with you to your surgery? Mm-hmm. And has he gone with other kids at Grantham Church to their surgeries? Mm-hmm. Oh, and his arms even snapped together. Was he holding anything when he came to our house? Yeah, he was holding. came with a letter. Let's see. Oh wow, and he even wrote it himself. Talking all about what he does and reminding you that Pastor Denise would be praying for you. Did she bring you anything besides the prayer bear? Well, she brought me this plank. Wow. And did somebody make that? Mm-hmm. Somebody 
in the church prayer blanket ministry. Mm -hmm. And what does the bl blanket remind you of? The blanket reminds me of God's love and people praying for me. So now that your surgery is over, what's going to happen to the Grantham prayer bear? <laughs> I don't really know. Will he go back to church? Uh, I don't know when, but yeah, he will. <laughs> He'll go back to church to be ready for, to be with someone else that needs him for a surgery. Yeah. And what will happen to the blanket? I don't know. Do you get to keep it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you get to keep it. Oh. Okay. I'm thankful for Pastor Denise and all the people who prayed for me and the doctor who helped me fix my jaw.